0: You're listening to the Retro Wrestling Review Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Gus Edwards and welcome to the Retro Wrestling Reviews Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be looking at the 26th September 1981 episode of Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. I just want to again give a big shout out to everyone who's listened to the show, and also to everyone who's got in touch via email with feedback and questions. In fact, we're going to start off the show with a question from Josh in Chattanooga, who sent in an email which said, Hi Gus, just wanted to send a quick email to say I'm really enjoying the podcast so far. Unfortunately, with these episodes not being available on Peacock, I haven't been able to watch along with you yet. I do have a question though. Can you tell me what titles are in Mid-Atlantic and who all the champions are? That's a good question, so let's go through them. There are two types of titles in Mid-Atlantic. There are the main NWA titles, and then there are the regional titles that are specifically for Mid-Atlantic. We'll start off with the Mid-Atlantic titles. We have the Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Champion, who is Ivan Kolov. We've seen him on the first episode, but we've not seen him since. He beat Ricky Steamboat back in April 1981 to win the title. Then we have the Mid-Atlantic Television Champion, who is Ron Bass. Bass has been the focal point of the shows we have seen recently. He's just won the title. He defeated Greg Valentine just a couple of weeks ago. This TV title goes on to become the main NWA title in the future. The Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champions are the Imperial Russians, Nikolai Volkov and Chris Markov. we have wait to see the Imperial Russians on any shows yet, but hopefully we'll be seeing them soon. They won the titles from Johnny Weaver and Dewey Robertson, who's most famously known as The Missing Link. That brings us to the NWA titles. The NWA Tag Team Champions are Ole and Gene Anderson. We've seen only Anderson on the shows, but no Gene. I believe Gene is injured at this point. They won the titles on the 1st of May 1981 from Paul Jones and the Masked Superstar. The Masked Superstar is Bill Eadie, also known as Axe and Demolition. The tag titles end up a bit of a mess at this point, but we'll chronicle that as it happens. For the US title and world title, there are updates to these titles on the show that we're ready to watch, so we'll get into that as it happens. Thanks again to Josh for the question, and if anyone has any other questions, send them to me at retroreviews at hotmail.com, and I'll try my best to answer them. I'm not a wrestling historian expert, but I will do my best. Okay, let's get on with the show. Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, 26th September 1981. David Crockett and Bob Coddle open the show at the desk. Crockett's wearing a green jacket like he's just won the Masters. They're both incredibly excited and we'll soon find out why. There is a new NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. That man is the nature boy himself, Ric Flair. This is his first of many world title wins that you will win over his career. He defeated Dusty Rhodes in Atlanta. They let us know that this week on the show, we'll see Ole Anderson versus Jay Youngblood. Jake Roberts teaming with Bad Bad Leroy Brown. And the Super Destroyer and the Grappler teaming together. Also, we'll see Austin Idol, Ron Bass, and a taped match with Sergeant Slaughter. Jake and Bad Bad Leroy Brown come out for an interview. Brown is going to be watching Jake's back since Ole Anderson has been interfering in his matches. The first match of the show is Austin Idol vs Scott McGee. Idol at this point is 100% ripping off superstar Billy Graham's gimmick here. Apart from he doesn't have the tie-dye tight tights. I've not seen a lot of Idol, but I believe he's a great promo. He's had most of his success in the Memphis area. I actually see a little bit of early Steve Austin during his stunning era in Idol, so I'm not too sure if Austin grew up as a fan of his or not. Idol wins with the figure four, although the timekeeper forgets to ring the bell, so there's a bit of confusion. Our next match is Ron Bass versus Jim Nelson as for the TV title. Again, the belt's only on the line for the first 15 minutes of the match. Bass, after impressing me with his show closing promo last week, is back to being his boring, uninspiring self again. This guy really needs to be a heel, he's not a babyface. There's maybe 100-150 fans in the studio, they're all sitting there in silence as Nelson and Bass go back and forward. Bass finally gets a win with a running power slam, and the crowd goes wild with apathy. Back to the desk and Bob and Dave throw to a tape match of Frank Monte versus Sergeant Slaughter. Frank Monte, you may remember from last week, is the guy who looks like Ross from Friends in all the flashback scenes. This is from the same studio that the show's normally taped in, but there are different commentators whose voices I don't recognise. Slaughter spends most of the match working over the arm of Monte and then finish him off with the Cobra Clutch. We go back to live action, and David Crockett is with Scott McGee, who he calls the loser of the match, but I have to call you the winner. No. David asks him how he got to the top of the junior heavyweight division, and McGee talks about his amateur background. David asks who he'd like to face apart from the junior heavyweight champion Les Thornton, and of course McGee starts talking about wanting to face Thornton for the belt. Finally, David does ask a good question about the figure 4 hold that Idol used on McGee, and where it hurts, and McGee gives a good breakdown of the hold, saying that the pain is actually above the knee. Our next match is a tag match the Grappler and Super Destroyer versus Johnny Weaver and Ron Ritchie. Weaver is working about 90% of this match, just dominating Destroyer and Grappler. I'm wondering if the heels will ever end up with any heat here. Grappler finally cuts off Weaver for a heat segment. The crowd's actually getting behind Weaver more than they do for Ron Bass. Weaver gets a hot tag to Richie and it breaks down into a four way. Weaver and Grappler end up outside and Destroyer hits a superplex on Richie for a win. For some reason, Jake Roberts is up moaning about a tag that didn't happen. That's a strange running to say the least. Back from commercial and the Grappler and Super Destroyer are out for an interview with Bob Connell. Grappler's calling out Roberts for interfering in their match. And to be honest, he does have a point. Austin Idol then comes out challenging Flair for the world's title. He's followed by Ole Anderson, who does the same thing. He's challenging Flair too. Back to the ring. And we see bad, bad Leroy Brown. This is his first time that we're actually seeing him in the ring. He's teaming with Jake Snake Roberts. Against Ricky Harris and Mike Miller. Harris and Miller are back again. They've teamed every week so far, and maybe this week they'll be more successful. Browns in overalls and a yellow hard hat looks a bit like the Shockmasters gimmick. Bob and David announced during this match that Wahoo McDaniel, due to his injuries suffered against Roddy Piper, is having to vacate the US title. A tournament will be held shortly to crown the new champion. They announced that Pat Patterson, Dusty Rhodes and Killer Khan will be involved in this tournament to be held in Charlotte. Jake and Leroy dominate the match and Brown gets a pin on Miller after a big splash. Jim Nelson's been interviewed by David, saying he wants another shot at Ron Bass in the TV title. Harris and Miller are there too, they're unhappy about losing, saying it was two on one. Miller claims he's going to find a counter to the big splash. And Harris predicts one day they'll win. I wouldn't hold my breath on that one, to be honest. The main event of the show is Jay Youngblood and Ole Anderson. The Grappler comes out and joins the commentators, and he's calling out Jake Roberts again. Coddle calls this a main event match anywhere in the world. I love when commentators say things like that about random matches. Gorilla Monsoon was always the best for that one. This match doesn't go too long before the Grappler interferes for the DQ, and they double team Youngblood until Roberts, Bass and Brown come out for the save. The show ends with an interview with Bass, Roberts, Brown and Youngblood by saying they'll all be looking after each other's backs it's actually good to see baby faces that like each other and want to look out for their friends, something you don't really see nowadays, everybody's just so unlikable that brings me to the end of the show, again another really quick show you think that this show needs some angles on it, I think that's what is sort of missing at the moment so hopefully we'll get some, some angles over the next couple of weeks Just want to thank you all again for joining me on this journey throughout the yester year of wrestling. I hope you're enjoying these shows. I'll be back again next week, but unfortunately we're going to be skipping forward a few weeks to the 17th of October 1981 episode, as the WWE Network is missing a few of these shows. Take care of yourself, and I'll speak to you again very soon.